Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. We recently had an Ivy men's walk in the Peak District up to a place called Shining Tor. And after a good climb, we're all a bit hot, a bit sweaty and out of breath. And at the top, Phil Booth, our brand new Ivy elder, shared something to help us reflect on God. Now, while he was talking, we were all temporarily distracted as a paraglider kind of floated past. And I was quick enough to grab a photo of that moment. And I was so struck by how relaxed he was. He was just guiding the canopies. It was filled with wind. He's just sitting there going round and round and higher and higher. And it's just incredible scene, really. Now, you might be wondering, why am I telling you this story? Well, I think for me, it captures two approaches to the Christian life. If you make it about our effort, what we can do, we can make good progress. You know, you can achieve great things for God and become a more moral person, but it will be hard work and there will come a point at which you can go no further. But there are places God wants to take us and he has things for us, things for us to do that we can't do ourselves. This is not about trying harder. You know, however hard I flap my wings, I know I can't fly and I know I've tried it many times as I'm sure you have before too. Instead, we have to relax let go of the ground and allow God to do something through us that we can't do ourselves. I'm talking about life in the spirit. Now that requires a leap into the unknown. But if you take that leap each day, you will experience something extraordinary, something supernatural. So my question for you is this, are you ready to fly? So we're in this series exploring spiritual gifts and I today have the incredible privilege of talking about the gift of prophecy. This is a huge topic and I can't do justice to this in 20 minutes. So consider this basic training. And if you want more, and I hope you do after this, hopefully it will whet your appetite, I recommend a book called That You All May Prophesy by Steve Thompson. Now, our foundational verse for this series has been 1 Corinthians 14. And in verse one it says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. But that's not where the verse finishes, because Paul goes on to say, especially, now repeat after me, especially prophecy. In the original language, the word especially literally means to make something your highest priority. So in other words, follow the way of love. That's what it means to follow Jesus, to follow in the way of love and desire the gifts. And as you do that, above all the other spiritual gifts, make the gift of prophecy your number one priority. Now that tells me that if the Bible expects everyone to pursue the gift of prophecy, then it expects everyone to be able to receive the gift of prophecy. So natural question then is, well, what is prophecy? The word prophecy literally means to speak forth. And in the Bible, there are two different kinds of prophecy. The first is foretelling, and the second is forth-telling. 
Foretelling means to say something that is going to happen before it happens. Or you could say it's predicting the future. Now, sometimes through the gift of prophecy, God does speak to people about what will happen in the future. And that's what probably most people uh, would immediately assume that prophecy is all about. You know, just watch any film. There are, uh, you know, many examples of prophecies like that in the Bible. And it's important to understand that the significant majority of those point towards what God was going to do for us through his son, Jesus Christ. But let me be very clear. Prophecy is not a Christian version of fortune telling. And I think if you come at it thinking that you have to say something about a person's future, you'll probably come unstuck. Sometimes God might give you something specific about the future, but most of the time prophecy is the second type, uh, which is uh, forth telling. Now, forth telling means to speak the heart and mind of God for a particular person or a group or a situation. And the way to approach it really is like this, is simply to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to say to this person, this group, or about this situation? And then sharing what comes to mind, and we'll talk a little bit more about how you can do that in a moment. So why does the gift of prophecy get such a high priority in the Bible? Well, in 1 Corinthians 14, it goes on to say this, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening and encouragement and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue, and we'll talk about the gift of tongues later in this series, but anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, because unless someone interprets, so that the church may be edified. Then, a little bit later in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says this, if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. The reason that the gift of prophecy is so important is that number one, the gift of prophecy reveals the love and the Lordship of Jesus, as we see through this gift how he is deeply involved in our lives and has good things for us. Secondly, the gift of prophecy encourages believers, encourages you and me. Now, do you think Christians need encouragement? Do you think we need strengthening and comfort? Absolutely. And thirdly, the gift of prophecy reveals God to the world. You see, through prophecy, God speaks to people who don't know him. And they will say, how on earth would you know that? To which we say, I don't, but Jesus does. And he's real and he loves you and he's Lord. Now the incredible news is that this gift of prophecy is for everyone. It's a gift you can learn to use and get good at using. So how does the gift of prophecy work? Very simple, there are two stages. Number one, listen. Sharing what God is saying requires us to listen to what he is saying in the first place. God is always speaking. He's the living God. The question is, are you listening? In John's gospel, Jesus said, the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from the stranger because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now, I love this, okay? The only qualification that you need to hear the voice of the shepherd, and that's Jesus, he's talking about himself, is that you are a sheep. Jesus does not say, the sheep that have been to Bible college hear my voice. Jesus does not say, the well-behaved sheep that went to church every Sunday hear my voice. He does not say, only the prophetic sheep hear my voice. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Jesus is pretty confident that you can hear him and recognise his voice. So turn to the person next to you and if you're on your own, point to yourself and say, Jesus is pretty confident that I can hear his voice. I think that's pretty encouraging, don't you? The obvious question that probably comes next for you is, well, how does God speak? Now, I'll be honest with you, I've got so muddled with this in the past because when people talk about God speaking, I imagined a loud, booming voice, like something out of Evan Almighty. But what I've realised is, if you're waiting for a loud, booming voice, you could be waiting for a very long time. In the Gospels, for example, the audible voice of God is only recorded three times over three years of Jesus' ministry, and that was for the benefit of the disciples, not Jesus. In my experience, God only speaks as loud as he needs to. Now, when my two-and-a-half-year-old Freddie isn't listening to me, or he's about to do something incredibly stupid that could prematurely conclude his time on earth, I will shout. But if I've already got his attention, I can actually talk very, very quietly, and he will listen. So, the reason I say that is, if you're already trying to listen to God, he's probably not going to shout at you. So, how does God speak? What are the different ways? We're going to go through some of these now. Number one, the most obvious, is scripture. God has already spoken to us through his written word and continues to speak through his word today. I've heard it said that if you want to hear God speak, read the Bible out loud. If someone says to me, I never hear God speak to him, I would ask them, well, how often do you read the Bible? You know, otherwise, how are you going to learn to recognise what his voice sounds like or the sorts of things that he says? You know, that's the primary way God speaks and, uh, to me. And every morning, most mornings, I open my Bible and pray and I say, Lord, would you speak to me through your word today? And pretty much every day, there's something that's specifically relevant uh, to what I'm going through, the questions that I'm asking, the things that I'm thinking about, or something that then happens later on that day. And when you are praying for someone, or you're praying for a group of people, or you're praying for a situation, expect that God will speak to you through his word. What that looks like is that you might suddenly remember a particular scripture that is particularly relevant, whether you realize it or not, then you can share it and say, hey, look, as I've been praying, this has come to mind. Another way that God can speak is through pictures and visions. Now that might sound grand, but what that simply means is that as you're praying, you see something, a bit like an imagination or a daydream. And throughout the Bible, there are loads of examples of God speaking to people through pictures and visions. Now, a few years ago, I was praying one morning and I suddenly had a really clear picture in my mind, you know, in a similar way to how you might suddenly remember something. And it was a picture of a girl that I used to know, uh, a friend of mine in London. And at the time that I knew her, uh, neither of us were Christians. So I was like, Lord, why am I thinking about this person? 
And as I was thinking about it, it was, I could see that she had like a white dress on, like a wedding dress. And then the word Aussie came to mind, you know, like Australian. And I was like, Lord, what on earth is this about? I'll just leave it. Anyway, later on that afternoon, I remembered it again. And I was like, okay, she's going to think I'm totally mad, but I'm going to go for it. So I sent her a message on Facebook and I said, it's been a very long time. You'll probably think I'm totally mad. But as I was, pray but as I was praying this morning, I thought of you and something came to mind. Can I share it with you? Immediately, I get a reply back just saying, yes. So I sent the message explaining what had come to mind. And then I got the three little bloop, bloop, bloop on Facebook as she was typing this long message. And she said that she had recently come to faith and had just found out that her best friend was moving to Australia. She was really upset and she'd been praying for God to give her a sign that he was with her. I was just amazed. Again, throughout the Bible, there are many stories of God speak, speaking to people through pictures and visions. Another way is dreams. Now, personally for me, this doesn't happen very often, but at significant moments, God has spoken to me through dreams. Let me give you an, another example. A couple of weeks ago, uh, a member of our church, some of you may know, had to have a heart bypass operation after having a heart attack. The operation was successful, but the first full day was a bit difficult and they were in a lot of pain. And uh, that night, I, uh, Becky and I prayed for this person before we went to sleep. And then in the middle of the night, I had a really vivid dream that I was at church the next day between the morning services and during the coffee time. And this person came up to me with a big smile on their face. And I said to them, what are you doing here so soon? He said to me, what do you mean? I'm fine. I said, well, you've got to tell everyone. And then that was it. I woke up in the morning and I knew they were going to be fine. They were going to be fine sooner than any one of us could expect. So that Sunday, uh, two days after his operation, in fact, he took his first walk. And on the Tuesday, four days after the operation, he was brought home. Amazing. Now, not every dream is from God. Some of it's just processing what's going on in your life or what you had for dinner. But if it seems that the dream had particular significance, I encourage you to write it down. Another is through a word or phrase that comes to mind as you're praying with someone. It might not mean anything to you. It might seem like you just made it up or that it's completely unrelated to the person's situations. You've got no idea until you share. Another way is that you might just suddenly know something about someone or that you know you need to do something. I was once driving somewhere uh, uh, in Manchester and I saw a young man sitting on the corner of a road next to a crossroads and I suddenly thought, I've got to talk to him. And I was like, really, God? He's just going to think I'm mad. And he looked like quite a hard guy, so I was a bit reluctant. But anyway, I pulled over, I said hi, I asked if he was okay. And uh, he was a bit cagey at first, but then he opened up and told me that he was really angry. Uh, his partner had been pushing all of his buttons and he'd left the house before it got the better of him. And after we talked a little while, he said that just as I came to say hi to him, he'd been thinking about running into the road to end his life. And I was just stunned. So I told him that I'm a Christian and I felt that God had said, go and speak to that man. And so we talked and prayed together and then I drove him uh, to drop him off at work so he could talk to some of his friends. Look, there are so many different ways that God speaks. This is not an exhaustive list and he will speak to you differently to others and he will speak to you in different ways at different times of your life. My mum is very wise and she wants to explain it to me like this. When she was pregnant with me, she started having these strange sensations and sharp pains. 
And she went to the doctor to find out what was wrong, and the doctor said to her, you're fine, that's just your baby kicking. Friends, God is always speaking, you just need to recognise it for what it is. So that's the first part, listen. And the second part is speak. If God speaks to you for someone, it's because he wants you to do something. It might be that he's just shown you something that he wants you to pray about, and it's wise to ask God that question. But assuming that you're in a situation where you are with someone and you're praying for them, and you say, Lord, is there anything you want me to say to this person? And then something comes to mind. Well, you can assume whatever that is, that you can share it. Now, God might not show you everything. It might only be a word, one word. And it may, might make no sense to you at all. And honestly, in my experience, that's how it starts, with just one word. I once heard it described like this. Prophecy can be a bit like a box of tissues. You start with a little corner. You're praying for someone. You get a word, a picture or a verse, and you share it. And then you get a little bit more. And you put, it's like pulling out that first tissue. The, the, you get more as you share more until suddenly the whole thing comes out. And then you get something else, you get another little corner and you keep going and going and going until the box is empty. Now, in the Bible, remember it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts. These are our guardrails, okay? So a few practical pointers on how we do that. Number one, just ask God what he wants to say. We're gonna have some time to have a go in a minute and immediately some of you are thinking, Help, I can't do this. I don't know what to say to this person. Run away, I shouldn't have come to church today. Honestly, I still get that feeling a lot. The truth is, we don't know what to say until God tells us. So, just a moment. Take a time to be still, be quiet, and ask, Lord, what, thank you that you love this person, and would you speak to them? And then wait. And then, when something comes to mind, number one, check, is this strengthening? encouraging and comforting. If you aren't sure, because it's a bit abstract, it might just be a word or a picture, then keep going. Number two, check if it aligns with the spirit and teaching of scripture. For example, if it is, I think God wants you to run away with another woman, probably not God. Don't need to pray about that one. Next, generally avoid, especially if you're just starting out, prophecies about births, deaths, marriages, or babies. They're normally a bit awkward. Don't say, thus says the Lord. You might be wrong. You will only know if it is God after you have shared it. You might never know because it's only relevant to that person years later. In the Bible, it says we should test and weigh words of prophecy. If you're doing this in love, we want to allow the person that we're sharing with to decide if it's from God or not and with the others that we're praying with. So I usually approach it something like this. If something comes to mind, I say, hey, look, as I was praying for you, something came to mind, or I think God might be saying something, can I share it with you? If they say yes, go for it. But if you find yourself being forceful, or someone is being forceful with you as they're sharing, I would take that as a little red flag. Next, take a brave step. If you've never done it, or you're nervous, do step out in faith, take a leap, have a go, take a brave step. Your emotions before you share something aren't a good indicator of whether it is from God or not. Once recently, I knew that God had given me a word for a group of leaders from across the city at a meeting that we were at. And I honestly felt physically sick before I shared it. It turned out afterwards to be very significant. I regularly still get the feelings of 
is this really from you, Lord? Shall I share this? So if I'm not really sure, I say, I think the Lord may be saying this, even if it's just one word, does it mean anything to you? Finally, if you are receiving the words, weigh it. You don't have to receive the word here, you can receive it here. If it seems good, keep it. If it doesn't, drop it in the bin. If you're not sure, share it with someone else and see what they think. In my experience, highly directional words normally confirm what God has already said to you and he's just giving you a little nudge. And finally, keep a record. I keep a record of all the prophetic words that have been significant to me over the years because I go back to them again and again and again and it gives me strength, comfort and hope. Let me finish with this. In my experience, the prophetic gift is one of the most significant gifts that God gives to us. It has been a huge blessing in my life. I would not be where I am today without others exercising this gift for my benefit. And I have seen God use me to bless others in significant ways through it. It has always required a leap of faith, but it's always been worth it. And the good news is, friends, it's for all of us. So, are you ready to fly? Yeah.